Today is Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. Happy 4th of July. All right. Uh, this is a quick one today because we all want to get to the pool or lake or shoot some stuff off, fireworks or whatever. So enjoy this shortened podcast. This is like my proof of life podcast to make sure I'm, I'm still around because I haven't been here for a few days because I've, I've been on vacation, um, which means my wife has just dragged me around to different destinations. Um, anyway. Should Christians follow the law of Moses? Quick answer, no. Short and longer, but still quick answer, listen to the podcast. Uh, should Christians celebrate the 4th of July? Because, and the evidence for not, is the Jehovah's Witnesses don't. Um, I'm going to say that's evidence that Christians definitely should celebrate the 4th of July. Um, anyways, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Then Hebrews 14, 16, specifically. Uh, when people are too flippant towards approaching God, and maybe um, too flippant, too lackadaisical? Uh, whenever whenever they approach to God, like, you know, bro Jesus, buddy Jesus, like maybe a little more reverence would be in order. However, to go completely to the other end of the spectrum and, I don't know, throw ashes and sackcloth over yourself and, um, you know, do all these other things that were, were popular with, like, monastic orders uh, back in the day, you know, where they're, like, you know, beat themselves with stuff for penance and, you know, the flagellation or whatever and like hit themselves with things and chains um to to humble themselves or get humility um you know so they could be i don't know reverent or you know prostrating yourself out before god um that that may be a little the other way so we're going to talk about a happy balance and use romans 14 and some other other contexts and other verses about that so check out the asking christian book on amazon it is still free to read with a kindle subscription kindle unlimited subscription it's included uh, you can check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt, that would be super awesome, and you can click on the link to support the podcast financially, where we do what we do every day. Share the gospel with people online, and help uh, non-believers understand what Christianity actually is, um, for the record, a whole lot of Jesus, and help Christians who are new in their faith or don't really understand a lot of answers to questions about Christianity themselves and their learning, uh, to provide a biblical-based answer um, for that to help them on their journey. So that is what we do. If you'd like to support us and help us in that, please contribute. Um, and if you would just like to join in and help uh, contribute in the discussion, do that too. A link to join these discussions live is in the podcast description. Take care, shoot some fireworks for us, and we'll see you next time. Um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, what a question to not speak on. Let's see. Uh, the answer is no. <coughs> as, I, as I cough and die. Um, I only read half of it, but okay. Even though we are not children, uh, even though we are not of Israel, should we still try to follow the law of Moses? I know we're under a new covenant, but my friend feels we need to try to keep them because God gave the laws uh, for Israelis, Israel's, Israelis, for Israel's own good, not only to set them apart. Yeah, I, I want to find you the actual context where. Uh, where Pete, um, Paul and Peter are having this discussion, and Peter's trying to put them back under some of the law, like circumcision and some other stuff. And it's going to be like two chapters that I give you. I think it's in Galatians. Maybe not. Uh, somewhere. Acts? Somewhere. I'll find that for you in a minute. But the larger context is you shouldn't try to keep any of these laws if you're a Gentile. Like, they're not for you. They're just not for you. So that's like me being a United States citizen trying to keep some law in Germany. Like, if there's some law in Germany, uh, Germany about, I don't know, something that's, like, beneficial for me, then, I mean, I, I may do that, uh, but it's not because I expect to gain any favor with, you know, the German government or something like that. Um, but if I recognize something is good for me, then then sure, 
I'm why not? Um, so it's it's first of all the for understanding the point of the law. It was a set Israel part, <clears throat> and it was it was to distinguish them from all these other cultures and tribes around them. So whenever the 613 laws of Moses came about, that was for them to them specifically to follow. And if you're not a Gentile, it just wasn't your law. So if you're a Gentile and you're trying to keep the law of Moses, you're keeping a law that was never for you. You're keeping another country's law. So if you come from a culture that says murder is great, um, and you adopt some of the other countries' laws that say don't murder people, um, well then good. I mean that you know mo a lot of society recognizes that as a good thing, not murdering people. So the fact that it's a law of Moses and it's not your law to keep, um, yet you keep it anyway because you see benefit. Well, yes, that is beneficial. But if you're trying to keep it to like curry favor with God, then it counts for it does not count. So like you have faith in God, right? Even the law of Moses didn't save people. It was the people expressing faith in God, which is why they followed the law. Because if they didn't have faith in God, they wouldn't follow the law. Because why are you going to follow a law that you don't have faith in the guy, you don't believe the guy that supposedly gave it to you? So, again, it's not the law that saves. And Peter goes into great detail about this. He says the law only has the power, the law of sin and death only has the power to condemn, not save. So, <clears throat> as a Christian, if you see the law of Moses, it says, you know, for example, dietary laws. Like, yeah, I think that's very beneficial. Um to not eat, uh, you know, certain foods that, you know, pork, like crusty things that crawl in the ocean. So if you want to follow their dietary laws just for general wellness and benefit, sure, do that. Um, but you shouldn't do it to like earn favor with God. You shouldn't do it in a way that you think that's going to lead to salvation because that is abjectly wrong. Um, so we continue to express faith in God by believing Jesus. You know, he says, believe the one who sent, uh, believe me, the one who sent to you. So believe Jesus. That's how we express faith in God now, because um, we have the benefit of Jesus showing up. So before the law, Abraham expressed faith in God by just following God. And he didn't have a law to follow. He didn't have a Jesus to follow. He just had faith in what God told him. And he was righteous because of it. He was counted righteous. So then the law comes. People aren't saved by the law, but they express faith in God by following the law. So now we have Jesus. Well, we express faith in God by following Jesus, by putting our faith in Jesus uh, salvation through grace alone by faith in him so uh yeah that's the answer and yeah if you if some more people want to jump up and talk while i dig around yeah i want to get you the exact verse that speak directly to this and following uh following the law because peter and paul have a big back and forth and like i think it's galatians 4 you may just check that like maybe he's not even talking to, to peter and the one i'm talking about but galatians 4 and 5 like is everything about christianity um how it uh, juxtaposes with the law and he he uh, juxtaposes the law of the spirit with the law of sin and death um so yes let's see what else you wrote in chat oh good morning everyone yeah i'm I'm sure it's galatians four and five but hey jay what's up well happy fourth of july to everyone by the way oh hey biscuit oh uh, thank what's you up, happy fourth of july to everyone now hey, you too so, um, okay, I want you to know that I study with Jehovah's Witnesses for the last 30 years. So if I, if I ask odd questions, that's why. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so we're not supposed to have holidays like today, but now that I'm not there anymore, I left. Am I allowed to have like today as like um, go to fireworks? 
I mean, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I certainly am. Like we I'm shot saying, them off last. <laughs> we shot it. them off last night, and we're going today. Um, yeah. So there, there's nothing. There's no reason in Christianity to think that you can't celebrate what we call holidays or festivals. Or feasts. can I just tell you why, real quick? Um, because like Babylon the Great, or is the government's Christendom. So you can't have anything to do with governmental things, such as even holidays. Oh, I mean, I know that's what they think. Oh, you I mean, do know. I didn't know if you knew. Thank you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, I, I know they think that, um, yeah. which is weird, right? Because a lot of a lot of people's pet projects, right, like the things they really focus on, I, I'm just like kind of find it interesting. I wish I could compile it all. Because my thing is someone's like, well, what's, what's Nate's weird quirks about the Bible and religion? Um, I mean, maybe if you talk to me long enough, you'll find something else. But I like to think it's, it's Jesus, right? And it's salvation. It's like, well, what's the really hill Nate's going to die on? What's his most quirky, weird thing about Christianity? It's, well, it's the gospel. It's Jesus. That's that's the ultimate thing that matters. Nothing matters more than that. And then you talk to other people, and they may say, like, no, the earth is flat. This is why. And it's like, what? Jesus? Uh, yeah, believe in Jesus. That's fine. But the earth is flat. Um and then other people, like, you know, the Jehovah's Witness thing, it's like, Jesus, oh, sure. The, I mean, if you talk to him, longer, you'll find out it's a different Jesus, like the brother of Michael the Archangel or something. But I'm like, yeah, Jesus, the Bible, that's great. But, you know, don't get blood transfusions and, you know, don't celebrate holidays, not even your birthday. I'm like, why? That's weird. What about Jesus? Sure, sure, he's great. But back to the transfusions. So, And then, like, someone else may talk about the Nephilim. So um, I, I always just find it interesting, like, whenever people seem to get further away from uh, – the gospel and Jesus and just focusing on that, they tend to kind of get off in the weeds about stuff that would be, in my humble opinion, just non-essentials, non-issues. Um, and, and a lot of times can like lead people down rabbit holes and get them astray before they know it. They're like writing whole books about the Nephilim and like, they're like, Oh Jesus. No, I'm actually a uh, follow the Noahide covenant now. And, and actually I, I just really am a, a spiritual Jew of Israel and I keep the law of Moses. It's like, wait, what? Like you started off as a, as a Christian, but you went so far in the weeds off this thing that now you're, I, I guess, not even a Christian. Anyways, that's just my experience. Whenever people start talking about things that are like peripheral to the gospel and the Bible. Um, All right, then maybe. Okay, so is Babylon the Great Christendom? Or like give to Caesar Caesar's due, but... Um, I don't think Jesus went with the Roman festivals, the governmental festivals, and also be no part of the world. So there is some validity to the craziness. Right? Well, yeah, you can. Well, sure, you can make the case. I mean, right, like come out from the world and, you know, you're yeah. supposed to be a holy and peculiar people. So, I mean, you, right. you can take things in the Bible and justify, you, know, you can justify it. Um, but then when, and, and like Romans 14 is the best thing of this, like Romans 14, the very last few verses, it talks about, among other places, it talks about, you know, let each one be convinced in his own heart that what he's doing is right. And it goes on to say, you know, if you're, if your conscience is convicting you, if some reason you have a guilty conscience and you feel like you shouldn't shoot off a bottle rocket and you do, well, assuming you're a Christian and Christ is your Lord and the Holy Spirit's leading you, that would be a sin. Not that shooting off a firework is a sin, but because your conscience is like, you know, pulling on you not to do this for whatever reason. It could be like, you know, you should be using this time in meditation or Bible reading and devotion to God. But instead, you're like, you know, having fun, even though it's innocent fun, you're shooting off some fireworks. Um, that would be a sin for you, okay. not because of fireworks, because of your conscience. So the yeah. only big thing I would see is when, well, well yes, yeah, sorry, but the only big thing I would see a, a huge problem with, because, you know, do what you want. You, you want to shoot some fireworks, you want to celebrate stuff and 
Um, you know, maybe Jesus didn't celebrate his birthday because no one knows exactly when that is. So does that mean it's sinful to celebrate a birthday? No, the Bible doesn't say that. Um, it just says it. you don't have to celebrate a birthday. You don't have to not celebrate a birthday. So when we take things the Bible doesn't say, uh, but then it says, and teach other people to do the same. So if you have a certain conviction, like, you know, I should not shoot fireworks. I should not celebrate Christmas. And um, then that's your conviction. Well, fine, don't do it. But if you want to try to tell other people, like, you're not a real Christian unless you also do like me, then that's a serious problem. Like, don't do that. You're no, that, like leading that's people totally in. totally not even where I'm just focusing on. Yep the world so be no part of the world so what is the world what would be considered staying away being no part of that well you would say secular society but then i would point to the jehovah's witness and say well look at the look at the um, amish because they're doing a better job of that than you so at what point does someone abstain from the world right give to caesar what caesar's so jesus doesn't talk about an uprising which is why i don't understand why so many commie commie governments are against christianity because Jesus is like, yeah, your common government wants to charge you taxes, pay the taxes. So anyways, side note. But at what, we, I mean, we have to live and we have to participate to some degree, right? If you have a house, if you have a job, if you have food, if you buy at the grocery store, to some small degree, you're participating in, you know, Caesar's government in secular society. So it means come out from among them, like spiritually speaking, like you don't participate in, you know, all the debauchery that's been going on for the last month of June. Um, you don't go participate and act like it's all fine and great when the Bible says, no, this is sinful. Um, so you don't participate in that. And, you know, we're, we're told, like, don't judge the world like God will judge them. Your job is, you know, you and yours and your family, whoever you're responsible for. That's your job to be spiritually responsible for and judge rightly. So if they're non-believers, if they're non-Christians, he says, no, don't judge them. Uh, don't don't do that. Share the gospel with them. God will judge them. It's between them and God. But come out from among them. That's exactly what I mean spiritually. Because, I mean, unless you want to move to somewhere that no government has claimed in the world and legit live completely off the land by yourself, you're going to participate in some government, whether you want to or not. Um, I mean, like I said, the, I mean, I would use the Amish against the Jehovah's Witness. Like they do a better job of abstaining from the world than Jehovah's Witnesses do. Because Jehovah's Witnesses still work in secular society. Uh, you know, they still have their kingdom halls on government land. They still, uh, you know, pay their utilities to, you know, the fallen government. So I, I don't think they come out from the world as much as, as they're saying, unless they're saying in a spiritual sense, except they're not saying that because they're saying abstain from holidays and stuff like that too. So if, if there is, you know, if the 4th of July was a celebration to Baphomet, uh, you know, and, and the great Lucifer, um, then I'd be like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to, not going to do that. Or if I did, I'd still blow stuff up and be like, yeah, I'm not doing it to your demon God. I'm doing it because I like fire anyway. So to each his own. Um, with the Holy Spirit being your guide. All right, thank you. And I'll just conclude with, even though we're in the world, if, even if we work in the world and we're in the world, not in, like in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with the Amish, but um, to me, even though I left the organization, I did learn a lot scripturally and how to conduct myself. And I do think there are some governmental things that Jesus would consider the world that... I think as a Christian, I would not want to participate in. Um, but thank you, and I appreciate your time. Oh, I, I mean, I would agree with you. Like, it may take me a minute to think about what that may be, but I, I definitely am sure there are some things in the in the uh, world, in the government, that I would not agree with. Like, um, you know, take abortion, for example. Like, whatever official policy of that is, and like, 
um, like my mind always goes back to Virginia. Like, I think there's such an uproar. I'm not sure what actually happened, but I know what was trying to happen was the government was, you know, trying to affect policy or law that, you know, said a baby could basically be born and it wouldn't be considered, you know, a life. It would still be considered a fetus, even though it was outside. And, um, you know, they could consider whether or not that make the baby real comfortable. He slipped up and called it a baby, but they make it real comfortable and then have a conversation about whether or not to terminate the pregnancy after it's like in its little bubble outside the mom. So, I mean, that would be a, a disgusting and quick example of something I would say, well, I'm in that world, um, you know, but I'm certainly not of that world. I'm not going to celebrate and, you know, I'll actively oppose that world. I, I'm not sure if the legislation like went through or not because there was such an uproar when that guy went on national TV and said that. But, I mean, that would be an example. Hey, Biscuit, what's up? Been a while. It has, man. Uh, I think that that answer you gave was really complete. I, I learned some stuff. That was really cool. Well, thanks. So are, um, are you uh, celebrating the 4th, or are you just shooting out fireworks? <laughs> or neither? Man, I remember <clears throat> as a kid, we would make the whole street like stink with like our fireworks. It it would just be nuts. We'd just have them going all night. I haven't. Uh, I think I've been so busy with work lately. I think my my daughter would love to do like a firework thing. So I'll, I'll maybe uh, advise my wife to go and get some fireworks so we can set them <laughs> off tonight. <laughs> so so you moved a while ago. Are you all settled in wherever you were moving to? I am finally. We had to spend like nine thousand dollars on like a furnace and an air conditioner because our tenants moved out and we moved in and we got stuff new and we painted and yeah, the dust is finally settling. Well, awesome. Have you had time for theological discussions or you just been busy working and getting situated? <clears throat> Uh, I lead a group called Theology Pub for my church uh, called what my church is West Central Abbey uh, here in Spokane. It's a great church, but uh, the pastor gave me full uh, leadership over Theology Pub. So we, we meet at a pub and we just like uh, pick a theological topic and, you know, uh, take it down to brass tacks. And that's been a lot of fun. Well, cool. So what's been the, but, uh, feel, uh, huh? I, I, I kind of had a, uh, something on my mind that I wanted to kind of, uh, run past you and get your insight on. Um, are you familiar with GK Chesterton? No. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of times he's put up there like with CS Lewis, as far as like, he's, he's just a really great, uh, like, you know, Christian apologist of old, <laughs> but, um, so he had this, uh, this quote, he said, the angels fly because they take themselves lightly. Yeah. And I thought that was a, a really, really funny quote. And uh, I think his thinking behind that is like, uh, the angels aren't threatened by anything. Um, God is not threatened by anything. And so sometimes we take God seriously, or we think that it's disrespectful not to approach God in a certain way, uh, as if God is like an earthly king. And I think the most powerful being, you know, when the Bible was written would have been like a king or a pharaoh, the most powerful earthly being. And so I think they maybe unintentionally attributed king-like qualities and uh, king-like paranoias uh, to God 
because the kings were paranoid and the pharaohs were paranoid and um, everybody wanted a piece of their power and they didn't know who to trust. And um, I don't think God is like them in that way. Right. And so like, I don't know, I guess it's not a question, but I just like. Let's see. Um, I mean, the first thing, I mean, that's, that's funny. I mean, turn that into a meme. Um, why do angels fly? They take themselves so lightly, but yeah, gee, I, I don't know. I mean, that, I guess I would, I would think kind of what you think. Um, what would be any pushback to that? Cause I mean, I think I just think what you, what you said is fine. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's almost like when you think about people <laughs> lying like prostrate on the ground, like with their arms extended forward, um, there's been some, uh, I, I don't, I forget the historian who said like, uh, the reason like that hands are raised in church and the tradition of hand raising and putting your face to the ground with your arms out. People did that to Kings to show the Kings that they're not, that they don't have any weapons. Like the King would have his back against the wall so that there's no one behind him. Like his throne would be against the wall and he'd have two guards on either side of him. And you'd have to come in, you know, show your hands and put your hands on the ground uh, just to make sure you're not a threat. And because Kings were threatened in that way. And we still kind of treat God as if he's threatened by something, as if we should, you know, um, I, I just, I don't know. There's just, and especially in my discussions, like with the Muslim community, that is aggrandized. That's really taken to where they're, you know, intimidated sometimes to even accidentally speak a word about a law that's not 100% true. You know, they're like, I, I don't want to entertain this thought because, you know, I don't want to anger a law type of type of feeling. And it's like, well, if God is a loving father, you know, like my daughter doesn't when my daughter comes into my room, it's not with any trepidation or fear. You know, she doesn't she doesn't take me seriously. She'll run and jump on my back and, you know, start laughing. And I don't know. Well, maybe there's a balance. Well, I mean, I think there's a balance. Because like. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying right now. And then the, the balancing factor would be, you know, like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, things like that, and, you know, have, have reverence for God. So it's like if, if my kid came in, and they're very, very casual, right, because I'm a loving father, and, you know, they're my, they're my kid, and they come in, they're like, hey, dad, blah, blah, like, you know, they don't have to come in and, like, bow three times and, like, you know, make, make the sign of the cross, or, you know, they don't have to do anything ritualistic to, to like, approach me. It's like we have a relationship. We have a good relationship. They just come right in, you know, come right in, sit by me, kick your shoes off and, you know, start talking. Um, but I would get I would get a certain type of way if they came in and, uh, you know, they just like are totally like disrespectful, like not 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 like rude, maybe not disrespectful, but like just totally like absolutely zero respect or zero reverence. Like, you know, they come in. I've got my like maybe I have like food next to them or something or like a drink, or I don't know, I have my little nest set up, or they come in, maybe I'm I'm reading the Bible or watching the show, yeah, how holy does that sound, I'm, I'm totally reading my Bible, that's what I'm doing, and they come in, you know, they throw down their book bag from school, they like kick off their shoes, it like hits my leg, they come over, they like, you know, pull the Bible out of my hands, like, hey, you gotta listen to what I had to say to you right now, I'm like, whoa, hang on, hang on, that's not how this is gonna go, so, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a difference, right? Like that, like heart, heart posture, intent, like having reverence to the point, like you're not like trying to trample over someone, like, you know, not like, Hey God, you know, blah, blah, blah. What's up, bro. Maybe not like bro Jesus. Maybe, maybe not falling like that, 
but also not like you know bowing three times wearing sackcloth and ashes like all this other stuff like you know like they did back in the day and still do depending on what religion you're going with so i, th- I mean i think it is a balance like I, th- I think a reasonable person would see that right you're totally you're not totally nonchalant like hey you know god sky daddy what's up uh, i got a checklist for you go ahead and do this now yeah why don't you get on that i'll wait um it's like ugh, not 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 exactly like that like this is still a sovereign god of the universe um Anyway, like, you know, whenever I'm in church, like, I'm, I'm more of a reserved person on my own. But, like, when we're in church sometimes and they try to, like, coerce people to raising their hands toward heaven and, you know, they'll, they'll like, get kind of <clears throat> techie with it sometime. And they're like, raise your antennas towards heaven. Like, okay, that's weird. You're trying to be funny, but that, that I don't know. Like, uh, you know, if, if God can communicate with me, you know, in my heart while I'm, you know, reverently closing my eyes and, you know, bowing my head, um, I don't know whether or not the the act of me raising my arm another 24 inches is going to do anything, but I don't, and I understand again, like the heart posture, like, you know, if you're like turning towards heaven or stuff like that, like maybe there's, there may be just some like psycho, psychological thing um, that they certainly don't know about, but maybe there is something to being indifferently, you know, it's like yoga, not saying, talking about yoga other than like, you know, doing different things with your body, like gets different parts of your body moving. So maybe there's some sort of physiological thing associated with different postures but if we're just talking spiritual yeah i uh i'm not a big hand raiser um <clears throat> i'm more like kind of you know introverted quiet stuff like that so i don't know maybe i'm a bad christian but i'm i'm willing to bet no god knows my heart just as if i was you know stretching my tips of my fingers as high as i possibly could or if i'm quietly you know bowing my head in prayer yeah, I, I like that. And I mean, there's there are parts in Romans and Corinthians where it says that um, we have the right to be called friends of God. Right. And and I think in the West, that just seems even though Scripture tells us you are a friend of God, um, it just still kind of seems inappropriate for us to say that. Like, it, because once again, we want to take God super seriously and not say, oh, God is my bro or God is my buddy. Um, but when Jesus says Abba Father, right? Abba, I think, is something that Jewish children call their dads as like a term of endearment. It's um it's less formal than father. It's like a we're family, like we're connected in this really deep way uh that we sometimes just want to get away from. Like there was a point in scripture where Jesus's mother and father were calling him and the, the disciples alerted him uh, that he was being called. And he said, those who do the will of my father, those are my mother and my brother and sister. So it's interesting that Jesus says those who do the will of God are his mother and brother and sister, because we would not want to say that we are the mother of Jesus. Right. But that's the, those that's the those are the words Jesus used. But we we have the. Um, we have this kind of desire to just say, oh, no, all of that stuff is above us and we need to kind of bow reverently to this greater thing when I think there's more of a family dynamic that we're missing. And, and I mean, a lot of time I, I agree and a lot of times funny, it's the, the people who want to do that, like, you know, very much supplication and very reverent and be like, you know, you must position yourself this way. You must prostrate yourself this way. Um, you, you must like, you know, have self like, I don't know, penance or whatever um, in reverence to God. These are usually the same type of people who kiss icons and idols and statues. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, for sure. I was thinking, 
Shout out. <laughs> um, it's Hebrews 4.16 is what I was thinking of. I'll read a little bit before. But it talks about, some translations say boldly, but it says, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us come then with confidence. Some say boldness. Let us come then with confidence. Uh, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may have mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So, I mean, you know, confidence, boldness, that means what it says. So, and, you know, uh, other places it talks about having a clear conscience before God so we can come boldly into the throne room. So, you know, if you've just like done a whole heck of a lot of sins, um, I mean, maybe not be so bold, <laughs> maybe be a little more, <laughs> Jesus save me, I, I have messed up a lot, um, which is why I think, you know, we should keep... Um, not really biblical, but I think some wisdom, like keep short accounts with God. And, you know, some will say that means like you're, you're repenting and confessing after every little sin. That's not where I'm going with that. Uh, Jesus already knows you've already been forgiven. Um, but I think as far as the reverence time, right? Like if you, if you do mess up and sin, um, I also think instead of being like, you know, pious about it and, or very pompous and being like, Oh, I don't need to ask forgiveness. Jesus has already forgiven me. It's like, eh, okay, we'll have a little humility. Me, like, you know, you may not need to confess every little sin because Jesus has already known and forgiven you of all your sin. But, you know, I'm still like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Oops, sorry about that. Um, that may kind of get back to what my example earlier, like the kid, like, yeah, you know, they, they know I'm their dad. They know all like, you know, forgive them of little oopsies they make and little mistakes they make. But if they're going to like flaunt at my face, but like, yeah, you got to forgive me. I don't need to ask you again. You already forgave me. I'm like, uh, go to your room. Well, on that note, anyone else have anything to say? Let me send out some invites if you do fine. If not, let's go shoot some, shoot some bottle rockets or something. And Gina, did you have anything else or did that uh, answer your question about, since you're not speaking, about the law and all that stuff? Wonderful, wonderful. All right. Well, this is like a short, uh, short abridged version of the podcast, I guess. So, yeah, everyone have a good 4th of July and at work. <laughs> That's all right, Nia. Oh, sorry, you have to work on the holiday. But, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm kind of working in the background, too. So, eh, not fun to be us. So, everyone have an awesome 4th. Shoot some fireworks. Uh, Gia, I don't know if you can buy fireworks where you are, but, uh, you know, shoot some off for us, too. So we'll all see you later. Have an awesome day.